It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Keeping it moving. Keeping it moving. What are we doing? Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams, your team every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Got a great show for you guys today. We're going to kind of dig a little bit deeper into the roster cuts. We're going to hear from Sean McVay today. A couple of things that he addressed is kind of giving you an inside look at some of how these rosters shake out. And then we're also, we're just going to take a look at a couple of position groups, ones that we are paying close attention to as that cut date is just around the corner. And now your Locked On Rams lead story. I'm Bear Motter, and the Los Angeles Rams are coming down the stretch with their eye on the regular season. But the Rams still have one game remaining in the preseason this Thursday versus the Houston Texans in Houston. Man, you got to admit, a little bit of a weird offseason slash training camp for the Rams this year. They had a limited amount of open practice down in Irvine. They had their crossover practices with the Chargers in Costa Mesa. They met up with the Raiders in Napa Valley for some cross practices. They had their home game in Hawaii and then their true solo home game at the Coliseum last Saturday. And now we head down to Houston to close out the preseason even though this was the shortest offseason the Rams have seen in years, it feels like it's lasted forever. With that said, the Rams still have a lot to decide. We talked about the injuries that are starting to pile up, including Saturday's game, which took out linebacker Josh Carraway with that torn ACL, and backup center Aaron Neary fractured his ankle and is going to require surgery. But the linebacker and O-line depth is definitely under the microscope. August 31st, a.k.a. cut day, is just around the corner. And 53 guys is the number that we got to get to, plus the 10 practice players. So let's take a look at those two positions that seem to be a big topic for us in the last handful of weeks here. At linebacker, here's what we know. Outside linebacker, Dante Fowler, Clay Matthews, guaranteed to make the team. That's two. Inside linebacker, you're looking at Corey Littleton, Bryce Hager, there's four. Those guys are safe. Now you're looking at that second level of linebackers. Adding to the outside, most likely Samson Ibukum, guy that played really well last year at times, truly shined in that Monday night game versus Kansas City. If we can get that type of play from him every down, I think he's going to be an incredible player for us. But I think he's earned the right to be on this roster. Obo Okoronkwo, hadn't seen much of him in two years. Jumps onto the scene in this preseason, not showing up statistically in the sack or tackle realm, but pressures, QB hits, those are starting to stack up. I think Oboe, where they picked him last year, the production they've seen while he's healthy and knowing what he can do back in college gives him a roster spot. Another guy that I think is going to make this team is Natrez Patrick, a guy that has been in the outside. McVay talked about him, people wanting to move him in the inside. He said he likes where he's at in the outside. I think that they've seen enough from him. He flies all over the place. I think he's got a really good shot. Looking back to the inside, as we mentioned that, Dakota Allen has done nothing but impress. I mean, how many times have we heard Dakota Allen in the press conference coming out of Sean McVay's mouth after the game? Traven Howard, another guy in the inside linebacker that really popped in last game. 
McVeigh talked about him. We'll play that clip later. Very impressed with what he's done as well. That's nine guys right there at the linebacker position. I think that's about the edge where they want to be. Then you got Landis Durham. Then you got Landis Durham and Trayvon Young. Both those guys right on that bubble of how many linebackers are they going to keep? If it is eight, is it nine, is it ten? If they extend that position and go and look at another position, like maybe the cornerback position where we're very, very deep, and they go a little bit lighter there, we can extend the linebacker position. But I think you're looking at eight, potentially nine guys off of this list. Landis Durham, Trayvon Young, maybe on the out on that list, but we'll have to keep an eye on. The other big notable position group that you want to keep an eye on that we've talked a lot about is the O-line. Okay, let's start over here. What do we know? Andrew Whitworth, Rob Havenstein, Austin Blythe, Joseph Noboom, Brian Allen. There's your starting five, guaranteed spots. Jamil Demby is looking really good right now, especially after that injury to Neary, who's our only other backup center. Demby is a guy that can go in there and play center. He hasn't played particularly well this preseason, but really don't have anyone else back there as the center position. Yes, obviously we have Blythe known to play the center position, but we've got him pretty occupied at the right guard position. So uh, Demby's looking like he's got a shot to make this team just out of what he can do and bringing the depth to the center position. And then you're looking at Bobby Evans, David Edwards, guys that we spent high draft picks on that they like, that they've seen some improvement from, especially if you're talking about David Edwards, a guy that Really, if anyone goes down, I think we'd feel comfortable with him going in there at a guard or tackle position. Again, you got to give Aaron Cromer a bunch of credit for getting these guys ready to play multiple positions on the line. That way, when you look to fill out your roster, you're 53. You can look at a couple guys and go, hey, if a guy goes down, you can play both left and right, tackle or guard, and that's what these guys expect coming into it. So uh, as we talked about that linebacker position and how many are we going to take, if they feel comfortable with a couple of these O-line guys, maybe they can leave some of them off the list, that way giving us depth at another position. One guy I do like at the O-line that's not getting a lot of hype right now is Chandler Brewer. He's played really well in the preseason so far, plus this guy has an amazing backstory. I know that doesn't really go into it when they're thinking about cut or keep, but for us, if you haven't heard, Chandler Brewer's story is amazing. This guy comes from Middle Tennessee State. Brewer was a captain for the past two seasons and first team conference USA selection. All of this while battling cancer behind the scenes. Yes, he didn't tell his teammates. He didn't tell most of his coaches. I believe his head coach knew. But other than that, he would go and get treatment, come back, still practice, still play, still be a leader of the team, and be a first-team Conference USA selection. This guy's amazing. He's an undrafted free agent. Uh, the Rams picked him up. We're really excited about him. Uh, he's played great in the last preseason game. He is one of those guys that is on the border of this roster, depending on how many people we, you keep at certain positions. Chandler Brewer could be an addition here with that injury of Aaron Neary, looking at how everything slides over. Demby then taking in that backup center role. Maybe there's a spot for Chandler to come in here backup guard, backup tackle, move him around. He's played a little bit all over, but I really like Chandler Brewer. I think he's on the outside, but again, this is why this cut day has gotten really interesting. We talked about this three months ago at the beginning of offseason, and we said, hey, man, outside of the guys they draft, this thing should be kind of a no-brainer. We don't have a lot of battle spots. We picked up some veterans. The Rams did a great job extending the draft picks, picking up more picks by trading back, getting more players, guys to scout, look at. And that's what makes this 53-man roster tough. Sean McVay talked about it's one of the toughest days 
uh, to sit these guys down. They've been with the organization for a few months and have to tell them, hey, you made it or you didn't make it. But it's all coming to an end here soon. August 31st, circle the date on your calendar. We'll be talking about it here on Lockdown Rams, but it's only a few days away, and this roster will shake up getting ready for week one. Well, we talk about week one right around the corner, circling the date. Well, you might want to circle this part of the podcast because, you know, we have long days at work. We have long days where we're stuck at the office. And I'm here to talk to you about the easiest way to get food delivered to you, and that's DoorDash. All you have to do is open the DoorDash app, choose whatever you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners get $5 off their first order of 15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. Great deal for a great app. We'll be right back with more in the second segment, Lockdown Rams, Tuesday right after this. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Second segment, Locked On Rams Tuesday, your team every day, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Don't forget, you can find us on social media. Locked on Rams, all accounts, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Say what's up. Drop a line. Let me know if you have any questions. We always appreciate those. Also, LA underscore Rambling Bear is my personal. You can find the show on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, and Himalaya. But picking up where we left off on the last segment, we're talking about the linebackers. We're talking about the O-line. We're talking about how this roster is going to come together and how there are a limited amount of spots for a bunch of guys. John McVay talked about a couple of those guys we mentioned in the last segment. Uh, as they were asking to him to evaluate some players, he talked about Dakota Allen. He talked about T. Howard. 
Here is Sean McVay when he was kind of addressing some of those guys that may be on the bubble fighting for that roster and what they've done in the past couple weeks to kind of prove that they're worth a spot. Here's Sean McVay talking roster cuts and where some of these guys fit in. It's, it's really all of it. You know, we use all the ways that we're, we're trying to evaluate guys uh, in those competitive situations to really try to project who are the best 53. And certainly there's some positions that I think you have a better chance to evaluate in the live action, but we try to do as good a job as we can creating those competitive scenarios, situations, but it is all part of the evaluation process. Even how they handle themselves in meetings and how they retain information, how they handle the, the above-the-neck walkthroughs, that's a big part of what we do. So, so everything that these guys are asked to do, they're being evaluated in that phase and, and really trying to carve out a role for themselves, whether it be uh, establishing themselves as a starter you know, on offense or defense or a, a starter in some of our you know, uh, special teams phases. So uh, it's all part of the process. And then I think it's a little bit easier depending upon the certain positions to say, all right, you can put a little bit more weight in one or the other, but it is all a collaboration of all those. You know, he's a guy that has the athleticism, you would think, Vinny, just based on the way he moves around. But he's been exclusively a linebacker playing at that inside spot. You know, some of the things that we ask those guys to do uh, when we get into our dime personnel defense, you know, he's doing a lot of the things that we ask of some of our underneath defenders that are playing from the secondary position. But I thought he did a great job. You know, you, we, went, we mentioned Dakota Allen, but you also recognized T. Howard a lot the other night. You know, pass to the flat, you could just feel him uncoil on that as a – you know, playing the quarters as his own match two player. But he, he did a really nice job the other night. And he definitely, that was one of the things that Les and his group and then our coaches liked so much about him was the athleticism, the speed, and the ability to go sideline to sideline. I think he's showing that. But haven't done that with him, but I, I would never say never, I guess. A couple cool things I picked up out of that clip is Sean McVay uh, talking about how they evaluate players, right? Us here at the podcast, all these other Rams outlets and ESPN and Turf Show Times and Downtown Rams, as we're looking at these players, we're looking at what we see on the field, what we see from the practices, what we hear from the coaches and the press conferences, and anything that we can get our hands on is how we're evaluating talent, especially when we watch the games and we see guys move around and, man, that guy jumps off and film and things like that. But McVay's talking about a little bit deeper type of relationship that they have obviously being around these guys 24 7 how do they react in team meetings how are they do in walkthroughs how are they picking up the actual knowledge of the game participating where are they sitting where are they you know they're looking at everything body language all those type of things it goes into the decision when it's down between one guy or the other they're like man this guy's been in the books like crazy one of the last to leave the room always asking questions. I mean, those type of things that we don't get to see that those guys see behind closed doors uh, really can be a determining factor when it comes to one player or the other, especially as we get a roster like this that is so tight from top to bottom from covering all 53 spots and then those 10 practice players. Uh, it, it's the littlest things that make a difference. And this final game, some would say it doesn't matter, doesn't mean anything. Maybe some young guys get to play. But there might be some decisions made here. You never know how injuries go. Like we just said, the last game we lost a couple of guys. So uh, some key things I picked up from Sean McVay there that, you know, there's more than just what we see that kind of goes into these decisions. And then the second part of that clip was really asking about T. Howard and how, you know, potential of him playing safety. I don't know if you could hear the clip, but that was Vinny Bonsignor asking, you know, is there a chance that he could slide into that safety role? Almost kind of how Mark Barron kind of came out of the safety role into the linebacker. He's that athletic type of guy. Sean McVay near the end basically said, I won't say it's never going to happen, but right now uh, they like him where they at, but they also like how he is flexible to kind of play in some of those other packages 
uh, where maybe another linebacker, they'd have to switch out for somebody else. So uh, that versatility might go that extra way as far as getting him a spot. But man, they talked about good things from those guys that they saw kind of coming out of those last couple of games and that versatility and how he breaks it down is always really interesting for me hearing uh, Sean McVay speak about that. And here we'll get back to Sean McVay because I think I set that clip up a little backwards. This is actually him talking about Dakota Allen, John Franklin Myers, some of the plays that they made and what kind of caught his eye. So here we'll go back to Sean McVay. We'll hear a little bit more about some of the players he saw over the last couple weeks. He's done a great job. You know, you, you, he certainly has made his presence felt. I think you, f- you feel what a physical football player he is, the instincts. Made a lot of good plays in the run game. And then he showed up the other night in some other opportunities that he had coverage-wise. So... Uh, been really pleased with him. It's been good to just have him out there healthy and get a chance to compete. And, and you see some of the things that we like so much. And, and he's definitely uh, making, a, making a case for himself. I thought it was his best. I, th- I thought he did a really nice job. You know, I had a sack in our four-man rush where we're playing 3D behind that. I thought he, had a, he was able to push the pocket consistently, played physical against the run. I thought both John Franklin and I thought Morgan Fox was outstanding. You know, I think from the interior defensive line, those two guys, um, and then Tanzel Smart continued to show up consistently. But really, it was good to see John out there feeling healthy, feeling ready to go. And, and then I thought also that was Morgan Fox's best performance of the preseason as well. There it is. Talking about Dakota Allen being healthy, finally being able to see what he can do. He didn't really talk about Oboe there, but I think you could kind of say the same thing for him, a guy that we hadn't seen and almost, it felt like two years. We drafted him last year, but all last year sitting, all offseason basically sitting, waiting to see this guy, and now finally getting him in there uh, to get some pressure off the edge and continue to kind of be a presence out there uh, when the twos were running. So good stuff from him as well. Uh, those guys were people I mentioned earlier. I think all three of those guys, uh, whether it's Allen, uh, T. Howard, Oboe, I think all three of those guys have a potential to make this roster and should make the roster just out of upside and really fitting in that void of that linebacker position where we don't really have a lot of other guys that we can count on or really know what we're getting from them. So if you're kind of looking at risk reward, those guys, I think, kind of catapult to the top a little bit and kind of put themselves in a good position to make this team. But talk about making the team, man. It's tough. It is tough. Well, with that, what we'll do is we'll step aside. We'll get our last commercial break. We'll be right back on the other side. We'll kind of close this out. We'll talk a little bit of the secondary and some of those question marks we have in the secondary. Who's kind of on that bubble? Who we think might make it? We'll hear a little bit more from Sean McVay. We'll close out the Tuesday episode. We'll be right back. Locked on Rams Tuesday right after this. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Third and final segment, Lockdown Rams Tuesday. Your team every day, only on Lockdown Podcast Network. We've covered a couple of the big parts, or at least what I think are the big parts of this team. The big question marks, the linebacker, who's filling in where, O-line, who's backing up who. And one of the other positions that kind of comes up a lot, and it's not because of questions of depth, it's because we have so many people. And that's really our secondary in the cornerback and in the safety position. Uh, I'll do kind of what I did earlier, uh, what we know at the safety position. John Johnson, Eric Weddle, Taylor Rapp, those three guaranteed. Behind that, Nick Scott, Marquis Christian. I think those guys also a lock to make the team. McVay continues to rave 
uh, this whole offseason about Marquis Christian and what he can do and really the flexibility that he brings to this back half of the defense. So I think those are kind of guaranteed. Nick Scott really makes it as a special teamer. Uh, Bones always talks about he loves the versatility he can do. Also, this is a guy, depending on how our secondary really transitions over the next couple of years, this is a guy they like a lot. They really thought they got some great value late in the draft with him. Uh, so, you know, looking at Taylor Rapp and Nick Scott really as the future of what can be this safety position thrown in with John Johnson. And we're really all just hoping, and we talked about this with Jake from Downtown Rams, but depending on how awesome John Johnson continues to get and how the Rams put out their money, this may be a guy at some point that we have to franchise, have to figure out how to keep on the roster. But having some young depth that they can kind of build up behind that, it's going to be important for the roster as well. Uh, and then looking at the cornerback position, obviously guarantees of Marcus Peters, Akib Tlaib, Nikel Roby Coleman, uh, David Long was a top pick. Troy Hill has been brought back. Those guys basically a lock to get in. That's five right there. Uh, you're looking, as we talked about, Kevin Peterson's been killing it lately. Darius Williams has been having some really big games and really making a strong case, as well as adding in Dante Dion in there in the mix as well. So you're potentially looking at seven cornerbacks with a, with a shot, potentially eight cornerbacks. Again, this is one of those areas where uh, you're expecting maybe you keep seven, that eighth goes onto the practice squad. Maybe you keep six and two go onto the practice squad. It all depends on how they want to break down the depth. But we do know we saw Tlaib go down with an injury last year, which right now, to update you guys, Sean McVay said in his press conference today that they've been taking it easy with him a little bit. He's been a participant in practice, but hasn't been up to full speed at this point. But they really expect over the next week to get him back up to full speed. But with that being said, we know last year when he was out and we had Marcus Peters banged up, that we really struggled a little bit in the secondary. So adding depth there too. Also, looking back last year, you start to think, maybe we do carry seven uh, and throw that eighth on the practice squad. But again, man, it all comes down to how these last couple pieces shift. Who can play on special teams? Going back to that locker room aspect. Who has the better feel and the pickup in the locker room, in the in the classroom when they're going through the plays? Who's the, you know, who's the guy staying late? All that type of things go into it. But as Sean McVay said, a few weeks ago, or maybe last week, these are champagne problems, people. We're talking about this is a good problem to have when you're looking at the roster from top to bottom, and you're going, oh, no, who are we going to keep out of these eight guys that are awesome? Uh, and all these guys, especially in that second half of the names that I mentioned, the outside of the starters, we haven't seen them, have been playing really well in the secondary. Well, as we kind of keep this thing moving along, as we look to close out this episode, uh, we're still looking ahead, right? We've got the Texans, and McVeigh was asked about it, and we're going to play that clip here in a second, but... He said, when do we really start to kick into gear? Are we looking over our shoulder at this point to look at week one in Carolina? Cam Newton, not going to participate in the last game. Pretty obvious. Most starters don't. But at this point, he's also dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury. They're downplaying it. Vinny Bonsignor asked, basically, how much are you already looking ahead to Carolina and trying to figure out that game plan? And how does that transition from you know focusing on that last game to turning the page and looking at Carolina? Here's what he had to say. Yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's a little bit of that, Vinny, and then it's also focusing on, you know, continuing to establish our identity, some of the things that we want to do offensively, defensively, and on special teams, and then we'll start to tailor and trim our focus towards the Panthers as we get closer and closer, but we're kind of still in the mode of, all right, let's really get good with the finer details, and then we have some different things on both sides of the football that I think we would anticipate utilizing against Carolina, but to say that we've you know, truly put ourselves in the game plan mode for them. That wouldn't be accurate yet, but but there is a little bit of a eyes looking towards them coming uh, coming to a theater near you. Coming to a theater near you. Ah, oh, I can't wait for that movie to come out. Road to the Super Bowl 
part two. Hopefully this time it's got a little bit better of an ending, but I love uh, McVeigh kind of saying, we're starting to get there, but we still got to, you know, get the things that are in front of us first, right? And that's getting through healthy in this next preseason game, also figuring out those last couple roster spots, and then also uh, working on some install, because right now, as you hear through a lot of the offenses, you hear this very the term vanilla offense you're getting right now, and Sean McVay is not trying to show anything. And I'm sure at practice they're starting to kick in some offense, but he's not really going to implement that game plan until that week kind of rolls around and we got our official roster. We're going to start putting in a game plan. We're going to start getting these guys up to speed. Hopefully everyone's healthy and ready to go. Uh, an away game to start the season. I'm excited about it. I'm already excited for that crossover to talk about regular season football. We are so jacked about this, and I can't wait to bring you guys our final roster once we have it. We're going to continue to talk about it up to that day. Uh, we're going to look to see if we can get Jake on tomorrow. I know he's dealing. He had the flu or something like that, but that man's a champ. Wouldn't be surprised if he hit me up tomorrow and said I'm good to go. But at the same time, we're also looking at potentially having a crossover with the Houston Texans, trying to get a little insight on what they're trying to get ready for at this part of the season. Uh, they just had, obviously, their running back go down for the season. They picked up Duke Johnson as well. Uh, I believe they just picked up another running back as well uh, in the free agent market. And then uh, just kind of looking at what that season looks like for them. So we'll potentially do that. We still have a couple games left on our season preview that I think we're going to try to knock out. We need to get locked on Cowboys on here. We need to finish again with an Arizona crossover and maybe another 49ers if I'm kind of going off the top of my head here on what we have left on the schedule. So we'll try to get that out as well. Guys, we appreciate you guys listening. Make sure to hit the subscribe button. Hit me up with a question or two. But that's all I got for you guys today. We'll be back tomorrow with more Locked On Rams. But with that said, you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.